She's worked for Chicago's biggest newspapers, and he's worked for Chicago's most successful radio stations. And now they do email. WBEZ, they kept saying, would you like to write our newsletter? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I am a reporter. Stop with the, 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 the insulting questions. And now I'm like, I love it. Monica Eng is a longtime Chicago reporter who's covered food, culture, health, and the environment for the Chicago Sun-Times, the Chicago Tribune, and yes, also at a radio station, WBEZ. Justin Kaufman's a former talk show host and producer in Chicago at WBEZ and WGN Radio. They've teamed up to create the Axios Chicago newsletter, rounding up the day's biggest Chicago news, plus coverage of their passions, including food and sports. Chicago is a different place. It is going to be a different, it should be a different newsletter than Denver. It should be a different newsletter than San Francisco. Coming to you despite a cough, congestion, and a mild fever that a test assures me do not signify COVID-19, I am a well-medicated Charlie Myerson with Rivet 360 in Chicago Public Square, which, yes, is also an email newsletter. And this is Chicago Media Talks. Justin, what did you want to be when you grew up, and how did that lead you into Chicago radio? You know, it's funny. I, my dad always reminds me that uh, I was really into DePaul Blue Demon basketball when I was a kid and I would write up stories uh, like sports stories of the uh, games that they would show on channel nine at the time or whatever they were showing, like when DePaul would play like Creighton or Georgetown. And I would write, he showed me when I was older, like these write-ups. I, so I think I wanted to be a, a sports writer in some form, but I, you know, to be honest, I was a big, uh, I, I really wanted to be in radio. I, I loved the idea. I had my own, uh, I did the announcements in high school and <laughs> A lot of things to end up where I ended up to be a, a talk show host. So I think that that's what I wanted to be. High school announcements. You and I have that in common. Monica, what did you want to be when you grew up and how has that shaped your career? Uh, I had no idea. But by the time I was 15 and my mom was dating Roger Ebert, uh, he said, hey, do, do one of your kids need a job this summer? I said, well, I'm not going to be doing anything but watching TV. So maybe I'll... Uh, I'll go try this thing called being a copy clerk at the Chicago Sun-Times. And from the first day, I started working in the features department of the Chicago Sun-Times in 1985. I um, I fell in love with it. And that's all I ever wanted to do, be a, a newspaper woman or a, a newswoman. I, I did not envision I would be an emailer. Thanks for calling me that. <laughs> it's an honorable profession. It's honorable. There was no email at the time, uh, which was why I had a job. Um you know, putting the mail in the slots at uh, the Chicago Sun-Times. How and when did you two first meet? Ooh, Ooh. that's a good question. Monica was uh, a world-renowned, you know, in Chicago media. And I think I booked her a couple of times on uh, on talk shows on WBEZ. And then, you know, when, when Monica was looking to uh, make a career change, she came over to WBEZ. So we worked together at WBEC for a couple of years, uh, working on talk shows and, uh, and reporting. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I remember, I remember I used to hear you on the radio and I was always a huge fan of WBEC. And then, you know, you'd, you'd say, Hey, can you come on and talk about your Tribune stories? And I thought, Oh, this is fun. Um, so when you said, Hey, there might be a spot here. It's like, you know what? I'm getting a little sick of the Tribune. Maybe I'll think about that. But as you recall, hiring at, uh, at in public radio sometimes takes a little time. So I think we were doing that dance for a couple of years. Yeah, we had a, we had a lot of lunches at Fox and Nobel, which is yeah. a, that high-end grocery store over on... Uh, by Between the, the Tribune Tower and WBZ. How did you come to be a team on the Axio Chicago newsletter? Justin had already been working with the, um, the Axios Daily Podcast, 
So he kind of knew about that world. And we both had had worked with Nyla Boudou at WBZ, and she was already there. She was quite an evangelist for the place. And I thought, well, whatever, I've never really even heard of this thing. And so when she told, both, told us both about it, I think we were like, well, let's take a look at this. I don't think either of us were like super sure we wanted to do a newsletter because obviously we had different skills. We didn't like who has newsletter skills. I don't know. Do people like graduate college knowing how to do this? Yeah, I will say, Charlie, that the one thing that that grabbed our attention, I think, looking at what Axios was doing with newsletters, not just in the local markets, but what they were doing with Mike Allen and and others who who do the national newsletters, is they really did feel like a written talk show. And if you if you look at Mike's AM Axios AM, that's what it is. Mike is hosting. A talk show he's doing, you know, instead he's doing articles instead of segments, but but it, it really had this vibe, this energy to it. He's connecting to his readers, he's engaging, he's going back and forth. It, it reminded me a lot of of what I was doing at WGN Radio, what I was doing at WBEZ with Reset. So it was an easy opportunity when when they said they wanted to do that for Chicago. It, you know, it was a it was a no brainer to say, okay, well, you know, could you do a talk show in an email format? And that's what we've been. That's really our our ethos, our mission statement, our philosophy, Monica and I, that that this is a talk show in an email format and, and it seems to be working. In fact, when we are when we are over length on these newsletters, Justin's like, oh, we got to cut it for time. I'm like, Justin, we're not doing radio. <laughs> Cutting it for time. Anymore. It's hard Cutting to lose the little yeah. radio things like cut for time. Uh, listeners, I always I always our readers are listeners. And I always say that it's it's easy to get yeah. those mixed up. And, you know, sharing some of, uh, you know, that same professional DNA with you guys. I know that one of the one of the hardest things I find uh, in, in creating an email newsletter is is deciding what not to put in because as monica said there's no time restriction there's no length restriction and deciding what doesn't go in is harder than deciding what does go in how do you wrestle with that well we do have a length we like nothing over 950 words um but that that does make it harder i mean chicago is full of you know a million stories in the naked city and so how do you choose you know four or five a day it's 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 a terrible sophie's choice to make that has been a, an issue where uh, I think a lot of the editors and people were like, you know, you're going to have to do this every day. You're going to watch out. Finding content will be an issue for Monica and I, because we've covered the city for years. And you know this, Charlie, read your newsletters, the same idea. There's you could do 50 stories. You could do 100 stories. I mean, there's there, it's just time is is nothing. So you're just like, yeah, everything I, I every night at 10 o'clock at night after we put the thing to bed, I'm like, darn it, we didn't talk about this or we didn't do this. And that, and that reminds me of when I worked at BEZ and GN as well, where you would be down on yourself because you missed the topic that you think that Chicago wanted to talk about. As we record this August 22nd, 2022, you've been with Axios just a bit more than a year. What's been the high point of that year or so with Axios? I think the, to me, the highlight has been just connecting with Chicago readers. The, I mean, this is a, I, I would have never have thought this would be this successful. I mean, at the, at the time we taped this, we're over 80,000 people who are signed up for it. Uh, the open rate is in way above the average and people are engaging and sending us emails uh, on a daily basis on every story we do. It's way more than I ever had at WGN or WBEZ. I think that that has much to do with the format. I mean, people are, are at their computers. They're like, I can easily respond to this. But that has been the high point to me is watching that sort of uh, evolved engagement uh, from some of the other things that were, I mean, you know, Charlie, talk radio is, is all about engagement. It's all about getting people on the phone. Like that's where it's supposed. You think that's ingrained in the in the secret sauce of an AM talk radio station like WGN, but this is this supersized it, and I'm we're talking hundreds and hundreds of emails and people who want to engage. 
it can be overwhelming at times because, yeah, it's like, oh, I want to respond to all 150 people who wrote to us today sharing, you know, where they like to go, um, you know, for a picnic in Chicago or, you know, what they remember about um, Tower Records. Um, so, yeah, similarly, I think, you know, the the engagement. Um, yeah, I, I got, of course, I got COVID during our first or before our first retreat, so I couldn't go. And Justin just loves to rub it in about how fun it was. to. Go it was such a fun time without Monica. Yeah, that Really, I think that's the secret sauce is that Monica wasn't there. So Leave that old wet cool. blanket home. All right. How about the low point of your first year with Axios, Monica? Oh, jeepers. I mean, I wouldn't say low point, but, you know, um, I think, uh, you know, breaking news, uh, you know, when, during the strike, during um, the the when Omicron was raging and the CPS and the CTU were fighting, we were doing really long days. Um, and it was like, oh, shoot, something else just happened. Let's, you know, break the thing open again. It can kind. Of, it's actually very exciting to cover breaking news, but um, but it, it 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 was wearing, and I think you know, and and well, and then the the Highland Park thing, you know, day after day, you know, it turns into a manhunt. It turns into to these things, and and our bosses are actually great. They're like, look, are you guys feeling worn down? What can we do to um to kind of uh, rejuvenate you? I think you know because we are news, you know, media creatures at at, at best and and at heart that it becomes really difficult to shut it off. And so, you know, if there are breaking news stories on top of breaking news stories, we're not the type to, to bury our head in the sand. We're the type to say, it doesn't matter if it's eight o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock, we get up and we start working again. And, and, and that, that is, you know, that's just part of the pitfalls of the job. I mean, that you get burnout, you, you don't get a chance to have any sort of a renewal moment or uh, you know, time to rest. You just got to keep going. Just six years after its founding, uh, Axios is being bought by Cox Enterprises, a, a cable communications uh, and historically a newspaper company, for a little more than half a billion dollars. What's that mean for you and Axios Chicago? Are you both uh, millionaires now? Uh, well, I guess, you know, quasi-millionaires, maybe like multi. Uh, it's, it's actually, you know, I've been and Justin's been at companies that have been bought before, and it's usually bad, bad news. Um, it actually appears to be good news in this case. And um, and our bosses, you know, made sure that they got uh, a really good deal for employees as well. As far as we can tell, um, they're not going to touch the journalism. They just actually want more local journalism. Cox seems to really love the uh, the local end of this. And so I think it means we get more love and um and, and and our bosses are talking about this as a multi-generational thing. They want Axios to be around generations after they're gone. And I think, you know, as far as I can tell, that's that's really going to help with this. Yeah, they're saying all the right things. When you say good deal for employees, for you know, what, what does that really mean? We get you? to sell a third of our stock. So everyone is vested, even people who've been there a short time. And, and you can sell a third of your stock to Cox. And then later we can sell it for actually a, an even better deal, um, you know, depending on the valuation of the company at the time. You know, Axios is a young company. And it is interesting to see the difference in in philosophy and styles, what a young company has bought as opposed to an older company. And I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I was there when WGN Radio was sold to Nexstar. Before that, tried to be sold to Sinclair. Uh, that is a different feeling. That's a feeling of dread. And, you know, they're coming in to change formats or, or cut or like if you work at the newspapers. That's not what this is. This is a win for Axios. They got a, a, a media company to to buy the the product for a pretty sizable 
you know, no amount of money. And they look at it as this is a, an indicator. And, and uh, also, I would think uh, a encouraging sign that people are interested in the future of local news. Between the two of you, you have, uh, by my count, more than half a century of experience in newspapers and radio. What's your take on this this email news business? Is it a fad? Is it here for the long run? Is it the successor in in any way to traditional radio and television? Or is it something that you know you expect is going to fade away as something else comes along? Well, I will say this. I, I think that you know obviously you've been a pioneer in doing email and and you've you've found your 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 voice and, and that's really what it's about. It's not that everybody can go to email and and be like, all right, I'm just going to transfer my product to this uh, new format and it's going to work. I mean, it's the same tenants are still involved. You have to have, you know, you have to be engaging. You have to have personality. It's about the tone. Everything is the same. It's just you're using words. And I think it's very akin to maybe what we saw in the early 2000s with the blog movement. I think that that was something that at first people are like, what? You're going to put your, this is in a newspaper. It's digital. What are we doing? And you saw some that became very successful and very profitable and and some that uh, were middle of the road and some that died off. And I think that newsletters, uh, especially independent newsletters, uh, are, are in the same ballpark. I think it's the same game. It's just evolved. And I think that advertisers uh, are more interested in, in putting their money into email newsletters because it's been tried and true by now. Yeah. If you'd asked me a year ago, I would have said, what the heck? Email newsletters. I mean, actually, I'll be honest, at the at WBZ, they kept saying, would you like to write our newsletter? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I am a reporter. Stop with the 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 insulting questions. And now I'm like, I love it. And, and it really is meeting people where they are. Uh, people our age still open email. My daughter, she's like, can't you just text it to me, mom? So maybe like these will be texted in the future. But um, it's it's respecting their time. It's curating for them. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's going into the box that they open every morning. I think it's all about, I think it's all about advertising. And, and I think that the, the, uh, audience has been there. Charlie, you, we, we did it together at BEZ. Let's be transparent. You, you uh, hired me to, to do WBEZ's. Yeah. Well, it wasn't email. WBEZ in 2013 was not set up to send email to readers. So I did what should have been email, but was just a blog at the time. Yeah, but it was a news blog. It was similar to, uh, similar in the way that what you do right now with Square. I mean, it, it was a, a very similar idea, but that is where this, I mean, you could see the evolution from those kind of posts that were important to, that people would, would go to the, to the URL to check it out every morning to see what Charlie had to say about Chicago news. Now they've just like podcasts, they figured out a way to take these blog posts and give them right to you in an email format. And that is that, I mean, if you really think about podcasts, that's where the world changed when you were doing radio and it was appointment and I had to go to a dial. I had to actually punch the numbers in. Now they found technology that just puts it on my phone when I wake up. And that's a big difference. That's why you have, you know, so many audience, so much audience there because they're not having to do anything. It's almost like, you know, we've the, the media industry is finally figuring out you have to go where the audience is at as opposed to trying to get them to come to you. A colleague in the broadcast business once talked about his organization's ability to train the listeners to do certain things at certain times. 
that seems to be a notion that I think is going away. I don't even know when my favorite TV shows are on. They just show up on my TV when I when I want to watch. When you're ready to yeah, watch them. Exactly. Right? I mean, I watched I watched two or three TV shows over the weekend that were season finales from two weeks ago. You know, and 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 the idea being that I didn't have any problem with it. I knew how to avoid the spoilers. It's not it's we're not living in this collective zeitgeist anymore where you know everybody's watching one episode of Lost. You know, there's a lot going on. And I feel like that is the same with we talk about podcasts, you talk about newsletters, talking about news. And I think that what I find interesting is just the idea that, you know, Monica and I are, we get this all the time from listeners or readers. Sorry, there you go. That, that say, I get all my stuff from you. You know, that I'm, Which is I'm scary. Come on, guys. You should read yeah, other stuff. It is too. scary. You should read other <laughs> stuff for sure. I mean, but I, I think it'd be the same with your readers, Charlie. I mean, they're coming to you. They can go get the stories from different places, but they're coming to you for that five, three to five minutes in the morning. For them to say, this is what I this is what's going on and this is what I need to know what's going on. You know, we read the news so you don't have to is, is one approach to email newsletters, right. I think. How has the pandemic played out for you as you create the Axios Chicago newsletter? Monica? Well, we, we started it, you know, in, let me like one third or halfway into the pandemic. Uh, and so, you know, I am I'm thrilled to be at an organization that says we will be remote all the time. If you if you're in New York and you want to go to the New York office or in Alex or in Virginia and you want to go there, that's great. But they they say home is where your office is, and we get a nice fat stipend every month to make our our home a nicer place. We can spend it on flowers or a dog or whatever. A dog. I'm impressed. Yeah. I mean, anything that'll make your home a nicer place to do uh, your job. But I mean, for younger people for whom work is like the place where you're going to meet your mate and you can learn from older journalists, um, I could see how it's a problem. But we're old, you know, we, we know it all. <laughs> you're both youngsters compared to me. Justin, how does the pandemic play out for you? Well, I mean, I, I left, uh, I got, you know, tossed out of WGN radio right when the pandemic started. Yeah, I was on your last show. Yeah, it was right. an honor. And that was right. I mean, that was right when the lockdown was happening, which is the timing is crazy. But the uh, so I was one of the people who lost their job right when the uh, pandemic started. And I have yet to any project that I picked up freelance. I mean, I, I went on the host reset and I went into the Navy Pier studio to do that. But since then, I've done a number of projects, the Madigan podcast and the uh, and the Axios newsletter and working for Axios Today, which is the national podcast from this desk. And, you know, that has changed the world. The technology for us to be able to do this, uh, the technology for us to be able to connect through Slack and other, uh, you know, opportunity or other platforms that give us a immediate connection is great. Now, I will say that what I miss is the creativity through collaboration, which was brought up in DC. I mean, when we went to the Axios retreat, they had an all-staff retreat in DC. That was a big thing that the CEOs and the founders talked about is they said, do we have to do more of these? Because you do find yourself coming out of those, like, you know, talking to the crew from Dallas or the crew from Tampa or the crew from Salt Lake City or Seattle and becoming friends and saying, we should do something, Detroit. You know, wouldn't we be like all that kind of like conversation is amazing. It really it gets your creative juices flowing. And so that we miss for sure. And even Monica and I, who have a great shorthand, we don't see each other in person enough. Now, luckily, we're on the same softball team and that softball team is yeah. winning. It's a winning team. So it's it, so we get <laughs> if it were losing, you know, it would be a sort of an angry confrontation. All right, well, thing. that brings me to my next question, coincidentally, <laughs> which is that your passions shine through in almost every issue. Monica, food and, and Justin, sports. 
Justin, uh, we're in the thick of the season for your passion, and passion's putting it mildly because I've played against you, Chicago's Cup Media Softball League, named for sometimes columnist Irv Cups in it. How's it going, Justin? It is good. I, you know, there are some some really good teams this year in that league, and the league is great because, come on, there it, it's it's a passion of mine because I love the sport. And I really start to learn the nuances and the history of 16-inch softball. The 16-inch softball Hall of Fame in Forest Park is a tremendous place to learn more about, you know, our, our forefathers and, uh, you know, how they played softball and how softball is Chicago's sport. So it is really great to be out there. And like a night like tonight, we're going to play it tonight as we're taping this. We're going we're gonna to play on a beautiful night at 75 degrees in a Chicago park on the west side. You know, it, it's it doesn't get more Chicago than that. So like the connection to the city and and I think I think it's a very uh, inclusive sport. I think that you see really strong African-American leagues on the south side. You see really strong Latino leagues. You see uh, suburban, uh, a lot of car dealerships. <laughs> you can't have a Chicago softball league uh, leagues without car dealerships. But I mean, everybody knows the game. Everybody's played it. Everybody's got a crooked finger. So I feel like it's a ultimate connector. That's why I love the sport. Yeah, the fingers. I can identify with the fingers. That's why I'm not doing softball anymore. Monica, you're just back from your visit to the Illinois State Fair. How was it? It's pretty disgusting. Uh, <laughs> you know, the highlight was the walking uh, horseshoe, which is, you know, as you know, is Texas toast covered in ground beef or other meat and then fries and then a bear cheese sauce. And this one is where you throw all that in a tortilla, roll it up, deep fry it and then put more cheese sauce on it. Um, I feel like it's going to be a few years before I recover. Um, but I have to say, I loved those tiny little fried donuts. Those like cin tiny cinnamon donuts that are warm and you pop them in your mouth. And those are no good for you. But no, it was it was fun. But it, I think state fair food is is really an exercise in excess and um, and fun for the time you go out there. Um, I, I, but I'm, I'm, I'm paying my penance. I just went to Wrigley Field over the weekend to try their plant-based meats. So, you know, I got a really healthful, um, giant helmet of nachos, uh, covered, um, in, in cheese and sour cream, but then some plant-based chicken on top and a kind of shriveled up hot dog that you will yeah, see. No, that, that definitely, definitely evens it out. <laughs> no, now I'm like virtuous. It's like a kale salad. <laughs> um, so yeah, but it's fun. And I know that, that readers can vicariously enjoy these, these strange treats through me. So I'm happy to do it. I will say this, Charlie, like, I just think that, you know, even beyond food and sports, you know, um, we both share a lot of passions, but we also have individual unique stuff. I mean, I, I'm big, you know, this I'm big into politics. Monica is big into uh, public policy and health and environment. Uh, we have, we, you know, you mentioned sports as a passion, but I also feel like sports is a, a huge part of this, of, of the stew that is Chicago news. And a lot of places I've worked, BEZ is a, a great example of it. They ignore it. Or they they think that that's not important, and I think that that's wrong. And and most of the readers that that will write in are are going to be sports fans in some form. Yeah. Every time I think, oh God, Justin's writing the sports story again, we get tons of response, and so I'm so glad we balance each other out on that because he knows the world, and I just trust him from now on. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that, but that's the news. I mean, that if you grew up in Chicago and you know Chicago, you know how important uh, uh, a, a Monday recap of the Bears game is. You know, I did you know grow up in <laughs> Chicago, but I'm just like I'm not interested. But you know that people will be. 
They will be. But I think that that's the that's the thing. I think the combination of Monica's interests and mine together makes something that is very specific and unique to Chicago that brings people around and wants to engage because it's everything from arts, music uh, to and, and it's different than a lot of the markets, Charlie. Like if you go to some of the other Axios locals, they're just straight up reporters. Some of them are former real estate reporters, so they t- love doing real estate stories. One of them is like a beer fanatic, and he does tons of beer stories. And Axios says, let your freak flag fly, man. You're into it. Our readers will like understand your passion and get into it, too. Yeah. And, you know, but you also know that like Chicago is a different place. I mean, we, we can we can compare ourselves to New York or L.A. or compare ourselves to Wisconsin and Indiana. I mean, there's there's something about Chicago with this it's cliche to say it's, you know, big city, small town kind of thing. But it it is going to be a different it should be a different newsletter than Denver. It should be a different newsletter than San Francisco. And that's what's great about it is ours is very unique, very different than the others in the market. And and theirs are great. I mean, I I I read them all. I love them. I love the local stuff. Well, at some point we're not going to be able to. It's going to be 35 by the end of the year and then maybe 100 by 2025. We have a question from uh, one of our viewers on uh, YouTube, Mike Decimos, um, from communications and other interactions you have with your readers. What seem to you to be their most serious areas of concern? I think it's violence. I think whenever we get into political stuff like like Monica wrote a great piece about Bailey calling Chicago a hellhole again. Uh, and really the follow when they when she asked, you know, at, at the fair, you know, hey, do you what do you say to Chicagoans who live in that hellhole? He's like, I hear from them all the time. He says he's like, he, he believes most of us think we're living in a hellhole. And so that's the story. And so today it's been really thoughtful. A lot of people who are like, you know, mad at Darren Bailey, but then others who say, I don't agree with the word and he's not right. But there are some serious concerns in Chicago right now when it comes to violence and, uh, you know, a, a, a crime, things like that, that need to be taken, taken care of. So he's not wrong in saying that things are happening in Chicago that shouldn't be. But the way that he's using the words that he's choosing are are too political, divisive or just straight up wrong. So I, I think that that's what we get mostly when we do police stories or we do uh, violence stories, anything like that. You'll get responses that are are much more divisive than you would think. Like it's not we, we're not an echo chamber. But I think what you notice the most is people get upset about, you know, uh, the mayor and uh, where we are when it comes to crime. Monica. Yes. Well, the same. They say, oh, why don't you talk more about crime? And I say we cover crime, but I don't think Chicago is defined by crime. We want to also remember why we love this city. And that's also what this newsletter is about. So um, we try to be balanced. You know, one person said, you guys are sort of glass half full. I don't know, but I, I, I know that I would want to open up something that is glass half full and and not just be bludgeoned by how horrible this place is every morning. I'm not sure I want to open up that email every morning. Well, you know, Charlie, I mean, you do your newsletter every morning. You could spend the first 15 links on crime stories. The 10 o'clock news loves it. Oh, my God. From 10 to 10, 15 is every carjacking yeah. that happened in the city. They love it. They put reporters on it. Which is why our parents are all like, this city, how do you live in yeah. it? It's like, stop watching the news, mom. There has to be a, a study at some point. I'm sure we used to have think tanks that would do this, and maybe they still do, about the role the 10 o'clock news has played in uh, how people see their city. Because it used to be, what, 10 to 10.04? I'm, I'm an idiot savant when it comes to this stuff because I, li- I watch it and I, I mark where those stories are at. But it used to be maybe you'd get the first two stories that were violence. I'm seeing now like almost to the first to, oh, through the first commercial break. 
And and you could I feel like you could cherry pick a lot of that stuff because, you know, it'll be a carjacking here. Somebody got mugged over here. Some, you know, things like that. And, you know, that is a, a big story in Chicago, but it's not the only story. And when you're talking about uh, millions of people, I mean, what, two two seven and million in, in in Chicago. And then you go outside of that to people uh, like nine million in the whole like area. Of course, there's going to be crime. So, and I'm not saying that, that Chicago doesn't have a crime problem that we talk about it all the time. But I think that it's it's a strange world we live in where the the people who are are charged with documenting what's happening in our city are spending 10, a third of their time talking about crime. Closing thoughts, Justin. I you know, I it, you can't have a conversation about the future of, of this kind of work without pointing out what you've done for Chicago. And and, you know, obviously the Chicago Public Square has been there and done uh, a lot so far and and continues to lead. You know, there wouldn't be an Axios newsletter or a political newsletter, any of the newsletters that came in if there weren't independents that tried and showed that it was successful before. Closing thoughts, Monica. Well, I'm just, you know, glad that you you saw fit to have us on. Uh, we're, you know, we 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 type all day and we, we don't get to use our talking muscles that much. Thank you so much for doing it. And thanks for amplifying our stories sometimes. Um, uh, that that really helps. And I think it it shows that, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Axios is trying to kill local journalism. It's going into these markets. And a certain leader of a certain large um, news organization in Chicago, you know, try, said, you'll never be us. And it's like, dude, Oh, or maybe it was a woman. Um, you're, we're not trying to be you. We're trying to be additive to the local news environment. And I think we can all support each other because more information for Chicago is only good for Chicago. Yeah. I don't know if you get anyone asking you about other email newsletters as if they're competition. Sounds like you do. But, you know, every once in a while, someone will ask me. And, and I want to say publicly, the more email newsletters for and about Chicago, the better, especially if as... Axios Chicago does, it comes out before mine <laughs> so that I can link to your work. There you go. It makes my newsletter all the better. Yeah. Uh, and we're the same. I mean, we, when we talk to any, I mean, the people writing Chicago newsletters are great. I think Shia is awesome working at Politico, Hunter at WBEZ, uh, the, the, the folks at the Sun Times and the Tribune do great work. So I, you know, it's, I don't know if they just because we're in the, I, it's so funny because for years we've all worked at different media outlets and then we've changed. You know where we work, friends. so at a certain point, it just becomes yeah. we're all friends and personal. Yeah, exactly. when I was at when I was at uh, the state fair covering Pritzker, you know, some of us couldn't get close to him, and so Amanda Vinicky was taking my phone and making it closer, and then I took the NPR person's mic and moved it closer. We're we're all just helping each other, and I, I think that that's the spirit we should see it in. Amen. It's, except on the softball diamond, <laughs> no help on this. <laughs> Our guests on this edition of Chicago Media Talks, recorded August 22nd, 2022, have been Monica Eng and Justin Kaufman, co-authors of the essential and free Axios Chicago email newsletter. You can reach them at monica.eng, that's E-N-G, at axios.com, and justin.kaufman, that's K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N, at axios.com. And join me for a roundup of the news weekday mornings at chicagopublicsquare.com. I'm Charlie Meyerson. For producers Jesse Batend and Cindy Palaskis and everyone at Rivet360, thanks for listening to Chicago Media Talks.